Listen, I know that you might not have been part of this problem. I know you're thinking, man, I don't know, Brian, why is this my issue? And I believe this is true, that child poverty didn't begin with us, but for some today, it can end with us. This can be the last day that somebody has to go without a meal. And that makes all the difference. There's now over 400 children in Bobo de I know some of you are in different places financially. Some of you are teenagers and you're like, I don't have two nickels to rub together, that's fine. But you have one nickel and the next person next to you has a nickel and you can rub those two together, right? You can work together, you can get some friends together, maybe sponsor one child. sponsored every kid in the house, so praise God for that. Oh yeah, let's celebrate what God has been doing at ACF Church. Good morning, ACF. My name's Stuart. If we haven't met, welcome you guys online as well. Uh, we are honored uh, this morning to have Gerald with us. He is a Compassion alumni. Would you go ahead and welcome him this morning? You're going to hear uh, a little about Gerald's story with Compassion and uh, what God has done in his life uh, in just a moment. A, a Compassion alumni uh, is somebody who has... Uh, been sponsored as a child, has grown up, and then comes back and shares their story, their experience uh, with compassion. And so uh, we're going to allow Gerald uh, just to share from his heart this morning. Gerald and I actually met a couple of years ago. Uh, compassion does things where they get pastors and, and uh, sometimes alumni show up uh, randomly, but we went uh, to Wyoming and went fishing and horseback riding and just laid around and um, enjoyed the nice weather down there. It was a lot of fun. So uh, I am so excited that you are up here. We are honored uh, for you to be here with us, Thank Cheryl. you. Thank you, Stuart. So, so happy to be here, and, and just thank you for, for having me in this place and allow me to share my story with all of you. Yeah, so we're going to, I would love just to, to have you share with us what it was like before Compassion. What it was it like for you as a kid before you knew, knew or heard anything about Compassion? Yeah, so... Um, I always want to start talking about my story um, with a little conversation that I had with my mom uh, a, few, a few weeks ago. And it was about trying to understand. Uh, I was asking her some question to understand her story because I want to understand my own story. And some of the things that I discovered about this conversation it was that my mom, she met her mother at the age of 19 years old. The second thing is that she defines her father as a great man, but at the same time as an abusive man. I, I always say, I don't know how you can define someone, great man and an abusive man, but, but she defines him, uh, you know, of that way. And she told me that um, um, he, he was abusing her, physically and at the same time emotionally. So at the age of 20, she decided to, to leave her, her house 
trying to find a solution, and that solution, she was thinking that it was a man. So that man, it was my father, and that was the time when I was born, uh, 1990. So four years after that, my father, he just decided to leave the house, and, and that um, put my mother in a situation that she had to raise my brother and me all by herself. And from that age, uh, I never knew what it was like to have a father. So that means for me that everything started to change in my life. And it was because we didn't have money to eat, we didn't have money to dress, and we didn't have money uh, uh, for, for education. So um, I always say that do not having a father in your life, it is hard. But it is harder when you don't mean anything to your father, and that was what happened to me. So I grew up in a lousy neighborhood in Santo Domingo where drugs, illegal weapons, crimes, and poverty uh, were my daily bread. And I saw uh, during my childhood how the traffickers were selling drugs in the corner by my house. And that was like that kind of environment that was the place that I grew up. So some of the things that I have to face in my life because of not having uh, my father with me, it was that I had to um, sell juice and empanadas on the street to survive. Uh, I had to sell hot chocolates and cookies 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning, uh, being a child, just to get some money to, to buy food. Uh, one of the things that I remember is me knocking the doors of my neighbors and asking them for empty bottles of Coca-Cola and exchanging those empty bottles of Coca-Cola for bread and milk at the grocery store just to eat the only meal of the day. What I was supposed to receive, it was money. Like, I'm going to give you the empty bottle, you're going to give me money, but I was always exchanging this for, for food. Um, I didn't have a bed to sleep on, and some of the things that I remember about my childhood is me uh, walking to go to my school with my broken shoes uh, from Monday to Friday. Sometimes my mom, she say, hey, Gerald, today we got 10 Dominican pesos, and we need to choose between you taking that money for transportation or you taking that money for breakfast. Um, another thing that I remember is about my father. Um, he, never, he never called me to say happy birthday, say something special to me. And one of the memories, the bad memories that I have uh, uh, with my father, it was one day that I called him, and after like 14 attempts, he decided to pick, on the, to pick up the phone, and I talked to him about the situation that I was living at that time, and he asked me to stop by a police station to get some money to buy food. So when I arrived to the police station, my father wasn't there. I was waiting for my father from 7 a.m. until 5 p.m., and he never showed up. And I don't know if you can imagine that. In, in my case, I was a child in a parking lot of a police station uh, just waiting for my father when I called him because uh, one of my dad co-workers called him, and when he passed me the phone, I talked to him and he say, he say um, I remember that I talked to him and I say, hey, I haven't had breakfast, I haven't eaten anything. And his answer it was, just go to your home, I'm going to call your mom, like, I don't care about you. And for me, uh, being a child, I remember that that was one of the most frustrated days of my life because the man that was supposed to support me was the one that was just telling me, like, go to your home, I don't care that you have been waiting nine hours in a police station. So that was one, some of the things that I, that I live uh, during my life before Compassion International. Man, thank you for sharing. Uh, would you tell us about your life 
once compassion came in and how that happened and what that looked like in, in your experience uh, in that. So what happened, it was that I remember that day that these things happened with me and my father at the police station. I was coming back, walking to my home, and I remember that I, when I arrived to my home, I fell down into my knees, and I, and I was crying, trying to find a solution to this situation, praying to the Lord. I remember that I made, I don't know how many promises I made that day, uh, I always say, whatever promise you, you, you can uh, uh, have in your mind, that was the promise that I was doing. Uh, I was, Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I promise you that I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. I was like, Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I promise you that I'm going to open a foundation and I'm going to help my community. I was trying to find hope in Jesus Christ. And my mom, she was desperate. She didn't know what to do. But someone talked to her about a church that was close to our community. And she decided to go to that place. And that was when everything started to change in our life because they had a compassion program in that church. And what they started doing it was they went to visit my house. They went to see how, how I was living. They took some pictures and they created a child packet like this one that are here. And at the same time, they, they um, sent my child packet to, to London, United Kingdom. And in London, United Kingdom, in a church like this one, there was a man under the name Brian Bilson. He was the one that he took my package and he said, I want to sponsor Gerald Lorenzo from the Dominican Republic. And from that time, we found a place that provides food, uniform, and transportation. But I always say, we found a place that provides the best of the best, and it was the gospel of Jesus Christ. So um, due to, to the situation and... and, and and to our entrance to, to the Compassion program. So I remember that my first bed was gifted by Compassion International, and it was a bunk bed. Uh, and I always remember that kind of bed because they went to my house, and they were, like, trying to, to say, okay, the one that is a sponsor is Gerald, but his brother is also um, um, uh, sleeping on the floor. What about if we buy something that can benefit both of them? So my elementary students were paid by Compassion International, uh, my mom, my brother, and I accepted Jesus Christ through Compassion International. And today, my mom, she's a co-pastor in a church in the Dominican Republic. And my brother, he's also working as an external host for Compassion International. So I never met my sponsor in person, you know, but Compassion has something that it, call, it calls letter. And through that kind of letters, we create a bond of a father and son that I never knew before. And when my father, uh, you know, never called me to say something special to me, I was always, listen, always, every year receiving letters from my sponsor, just letting me know, hey, Jera, we are here in London, United Kingdom, but we just want to let you know that you are so special for us, that we are praying for you, and that the Lord has a big plan for you and for your family. So, and that, and that, that was the benefit that I received and how my life changed uh, after I, I become to be part of the Compassion Program. Oh, man, that's so good to hear. I love that Jesus Christ is that focus of the, the amazing gift for you. Yeah. Now, when we were in Wyoming, I got to hear a little bit about your family, and there's some really cool things that God has done in your family through compassion. Uh, and I would love it if you would just share with ACF this morning a little bit about yeah. your family. So what the Lord has done for me and for my family, it has been something incredible. Um. My wife, she, she's, she's with me here today, my two girls. Um, I always say that my life is not like a roller coaster anymore. Thanks God, I'm, I'm married to, to that beautiful lady from the Dominican Republic. 
So one of my two daughters is four years old. The other one is almost two years old. And one of the things that I always say about, about my story is that things that one day um, someone decided to show me uh, the love of Jesus Christ, evidence about the love of Jesus Christ, I'm not going to repeat the same story as my father. So another goal that I have in my life is to be that kind of um, husband for my wife that my mom never had before. And, and today I can say that I have a bachelor's degree in business management thanks to Compassion International. I got a certification in Christian leadership thanks to Compassion International. I am working as a paralegal immigration at the same time thanks to this uh, organization. And, and I've, even when, when we were in, in Wyoming, someone over there uh, asked me about, hey, Gerard, can you please tell me what Compassion did for you? And my answer to that person, it was, I'm going to tell you what Jesus Christ is still doing in my life through Compassion International. Because Compassion is the, is the, is the way that the Lord is using. But you know who is the big winner in this, in this kind of situation, Jesus Christ. So what happened in my life, it was that my mom, she was diagnosed with something called Chiari malformation type 2. And she was diagnosed with that kind of condition. And my mom called me from the Dominican Republic. And she said, hey, Gerald, there is a doctor here that want to talk to you. Uh, I don't know what is happening, but he want to talk to you. And, and she passed me the phone. And I remember that this doctor, he said, hey, we need to perform a brain surgery for your mom as soon as possible. If not... She's going to start losing her body nerves, and she's going to stay in a wheelchair. Uh, I can give you the diagnosis, but I, I don't have any specialty in that kind of surgery, so we need to find a doctor. So I asked my mom to come here to the United States and try to find a doctor, and I, I always say that I was looking for that doctor that ends with the D uh, at the end, you know, like the MD, PhD, and all the Ds. <laughs> <laughs> And it was because it was my mom. You know, I want to make sure that my mom was in, in, good, in good hands. So, but what happened it was that uh, that doctor here, he said, we need to perform the surgery for your mom as soon as possible. Uh, but we got a problem. And that problem is that your mom doesn't have medical insurance here in the United States. And I was at that time looking at the doctor and I say, listen, that's not a problem. Uh, I, think, I, I always say that probably I was thinking in Dominican pesos at that time. Because I look at him and I say, how much it is? And he say, well, if you have $55,000, uh, we can prepare your money. In two weeks, we can perform the surgery for her. So I look at him again and I say, listen, we don't only have a problem now. We now got a big, big, big problem, you know. But I look at my mom and I say, okay, the Lord is going to provide. Let's pray to the Lord. I know that the Lord is going to do something for us. I never imagined how that would be happen. Uh, but my mom went back to the Dominican Republic, and three weeks after, she went to see another doctor in the Dominican Republic. And when she was in that place in the office, uh, she mentioned my name, and she said, the person that was there say, did you say Gerald Lorenzo? And my mom said, yes. And that person said, was Gerald Lorenzo in Compassion International? And my mom said, yes. And that person said, is Gerald Lorenzo now living in the United States? And my mom said, yes. And that person said, okay, if you are Gerald's mom, you are like my mom. Call Gerald because I need to talk to him. 
So my mom called me, and in that conversation, it was with a lady uh, that she started just asking me, hey, Gerald, did you remember me? And I say, of course, I know who you are. And she say, well, did you remember when we worked together in the Compassion program that you were a student business management and I was a student medicine? I say, yes. She said, well, today I am a neurosurgeon, and I'm calling you because I'm going to be the one that is going to perform that surgery for your mom that is my mom. So Praise God. You know how much do we pay for that surgery? Nothing. Zero dollar. And that's something that only, only Jesus Christ, only the Lord can do. I never imagined that that, 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 that kind of thing is going to happen in that way. But a former sponsored child was the person that take care of my mom, that performed the surgery, and that was with her during her recovery time. Wow. I'm, I'm tearing up over here. So I teared up on Wednesday, too. I'll probably do the next two services. Um, <laughs> I'm a feeler, if you can't tell. I cry at commercials, too. Hey. <laughs> I just love hearing the way God has moved in not just your life, but your whole family's life. And God moved in somebody else's life and prepared so long ago so that when your mom and this doctor met, uh, it would be amazing and Amen. that he would be glorified. Um, I know also that uh, you, you said you, you haven't had any contact with your father, but there is a little bit of a, uh, a, a light at the end of that, that dark tunnel with your dad. I want you to share, if you would, a little bit about that, too. Yeah, what happened was that a few years ago, unfortunately, so my father, he passed away. But before that, God allowed me to talk to my father's house, talk to him about the gospel of Jesus Christ and forgive him. Uh, and I always love to say that because... I always say when Jesus comes to you, it is not only to give you food, uniform, and transportation. Jesus changed everything, and that was what happened to me. That's awesome. What would you say to somebody? What, I want you to, t- to share a little bit about your interaction with your dad. Like at the end, did, You say? With your father. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah, what happened? I, I told what happened with my father. That's the only picture that I have with my That's father it. here. That's it. Yeah, and, and just wanted to, to let you know, guys, that God allowed me to go to my father's house, talk to him about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and forgive him. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who's sitting here, uh, you know, looking at packets, um, and one thing I love about uh, Compassion is these are not representations of children somewhere in some country. These are the actual kids that got pictures taken. You can look, because some of them have that, you know, uh, just deadpan face. You're like, they were not having it that day. Uh, but these are actual kids. That's the, the child that you will sponsor. Uh, and they're, they're part of a family that will also benefit from that sponsorship. And as you said, the biggest benefit uh, is that they will hear about Jesus Christ because compassion works with and through local churches. Uh, what would you say to somebody who's here who maybe is, whether they, they're sponsoring kids already or, or they're like, this is the first time I've ever heard of this. I'm not sure about this. What would you? What the would first thing is, if you are thinking that this is not something real, I was once in one of those child packs. So I don't, I don't have any, um, uh, uh, probably any reasons to be here, sitting and talk to you about something that is not real. I was once in one of those child packs. And thanks that one day someone decided to pick up one of those child packets. Today I can say 
that I'm serving to Jesus Christ, that my family is serving to Jesus Christ, that my mother, my brother accepted Jesus Christ through this organization. So let me tell you something. I'm pretty sure that here we got the next neurosurgeon, the next pastor, the next evangelist, the next missionary, who knows? They are just a decision away to to be what the Lord has with them. Just a decision away. And, and let me tell you something. When you sponsor a child, you are not only sponsoring a child. You are changing a life as my life. So you are transforming a family as my mother, my brother, and I. But at the same time, you are impacting an entire generation as my wife, my baby girls, and all the youth guys that I had the opportunity to work with. You know what? Jesus and the church are more powerful than poverty. And let me tell you something. It feels so great to say that I was released from poverty, but more than that, that it was in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Could, could you thank Gerald again for being here with us this morning? Thank you. Oh, I'm fired up. I'm so excited. Um, this is so good. Thank you guys for sharing. Gerald, thanks for sharing your story. Um, what I love about this conversation today is that it's centered on Jesus. Uh, one of the things, this is a big deal for us as a church family uh, to partner with an organization. And I just want to tell you from me to you that we would not be partnering with Compassion if that little tagline wasn't there. That it, it, If it was just releasing children from poverty, hey, that's great. We want to help with that. But it's in Jesus' name. That, that's, the, that's the key here is that we don't want to just meet people's physical needs. We want to meet their spiritual needs. And uh, we know that that's happening through compassion. I just have a few moments with you. But I want to share a scripture with you. I, I've been praying about this morning for weeks because this is such a big opportunity for us as a church. And I felt like God brought me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I want to read this text as we uh, just kind of move forward here this morning. Here's what it says. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich, let's say this word together, generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. Now, one of the things we have to remind ourselves of is in the first century, when you became a Christian, you pretty much lost everything. Uh, you gave up your family. They would disown you for following Jesus. You probably lost your job. You, you lost your security. You might have lost your home. And the church became your family. And so you've got these Macedonian churches, these believers who have left everything to follow Jesus, and, and Paul commends them in this text. He says, their overflowing joy in their extreme poverty, it's interesting, those two together, right? I don't know if you think of extreme poverty and overflowing joy as being connected, but it turns out they can be. It says, they welled up in rich generosity. Rich generosity. Now, I want to ask you just today as we talk through this, what does not having enough well up in you? 
I just want you to think for a second. When you don't have enough, what wells up in your heart? For me, it's often not generosity, right? It's when I don't have enough, I hold on tighter, right? I don't, I don't want to give. I don't want to loan things out. I want to hold on for myself. But it says, in this text, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. Can you imagine? I mean, not only do they have generosity in their heart, but they, they saw an opportunity to propel the mission of God through the local church and through the ministry that Paul was doing. And, and he uses the word pleaded. Can you imagine? I mean, imagine a scenario like this today. Like, let's say at the end of today, uh, hypothetically, but probably, we run out of compassion cards. Let's just say that. Let's say we run out of cards, and, and, and then someone comes up. And they're between jobs, and they're worried about paying for groceries, and they're like, please, would you find me another card? And somebody else comes forward, and, and you know, they have mounting medical bills, and their health is, is failing them, and they're like, would you please find me another card? Somebody else who's worked hard their whole life and barely escaped, escaped by, they, they're like, please find me a card, right? Somebody else who hasn't saved enough for retirement and they know that they're getting older and they wish they would have saved more and their retirement fund isn't looking so good right now in 2023. And they come forward and they go, would, would you please find me another child to sponsor? And this is the kind of scenario that this joy of the gospel within them welled up with this rich generosity to serve, to meet the needs of others. This sounds insane, but it's not insane in the kingdom of God. Like, it's not insane for people who have been touched by the grace of Jesus. In fact, what's insane is when we are touched by the grace of Jesus and we don't respond in generosity. You see, God's grace is something that when you receive it, you have to give it away. You, you can't help but give it away. And now some of you are like, well, that's a great text for people who are struggling financially. I'm crushing it right now, right? Some of you are doing well, and that's great. I hope you are doing well. Now, what's in this text for you? I think that one line, it says they gave out of their poverty is, is key for you. If you're doing well financially, what you need to know is that you bring nothing to the table when it comes to your own salvation, you see, we bring nothing, we are actually all, what the Bible says, is spiritually impoverished. Like, like we bring nothing to the table. We are actually poor. The Bible says we're like dead in our sins. We bring nothing to the table. And so whatever you give, whatever you, you actually do in generosity, you actually give from a place of poverty. We all actually are in a place of neediness before God. And so what you realize is that these children's stories are actually all of our story. Now, whether you're, you're physically impoverished or spiritually impoverished, we are all in need of saving, aren't we? We're all in need of rescuing, and, and Jesus is that rescuer for us. And so that's why we're so passionate about doing this. That's why this is such a big deal. I want to talk about a few practical things in my last remaining moments here today. Uh, a few things here real quick. First, um, if I was you, and, and I don't know what you're thinking today, I would be thinking, Pastor Brian, what are you doing? right? Like, are you, are you smoking what you're selling? That's probably not the right term, but are you, are you engaging with this? Are you participating in this? Or is this just like a sales pitch today? So I want to introduce you to one of our compassion children. Uh, this is Daniel. And uh, Daniel is 10 years old and he's rocking the Crocs. So you know he's cool. Um, I actually asked Amanda this week, I was like, are we, I, I'd lost track. I had been paying much attention for a little bit. I said, are, are we still sponsoring children? Amanda said, yes, five of them. And I was like, okay, this week it'll be six. So we're going to sponsor another child today. But we are, 
a, a part of this. We believe in this. Uh, what you need to know about ACF Church is that we don't have a lot of ministry partners. This is our one ministry partner. So, so what, you, what you need to know is that over the next few months, we're not going to parade different organizations up here and ask you to give to this or that or be part of these different things. No, this is our one thing because we believe in this so much. And I'll tell you what, I was a few years ago able to travel to Kenya and get to the other side of this. We actually did a lot of work before we chose to partner with Compassion. Uh, we wanted to make sure that there was a very high level of integrity financially. We want to make sure that when you give, you're actually giving to help an actual child. And, and to be able to sit down with some of these children and have them open these three-ring binders that tell the story of their life, literally, like, spiritually and physically, how they have been transformed through the Compassion Program is incredible. So I want you to know, like, I flew across the world to make sure that this was going to be okay, that this was going to be a good partnership, and I believe wholeheartedly in what God is doing through Compassion. And so we've been doing this for a few years. We've sponsored well over 1,000 children, but, uh, which, praise God for that. That is a huge deal. Um, I, what you need to know is this, though. Over the, over the years, many people have moved away. Different things have, have changed in people's lives. Um, also, some sites have actually shut down. And so we're currently sponsoring, I think, I, think, I don't know, Stuart, you can correct me, but maybe 650 or, or, or almost 700. I think we, as ACF Church, can sponsor over 1,000 kids at any given time. Also, this, if you're here and you're like, didn't we talk about this last year? Why are we doing this again? Um, you need to know that right now, ACF Church has about 300 more people attending than we did a year ago. Also, with the military and the, the turnover in our community, uh, we see about a third of our people turn over every year. And so there's a whole crowd of you today that are like, compassion what? Like, this is the first time you're hearing about this, and so we want to make sure you have a chance to be a part of this. Some of you might be wondering, why are we sending our money across the world? Aren't there enough needs in Alaska? And my answer to you would be this. What are you doing to meet needs in Alaska right now then? You see, we've got to be real, right? Are, are we just trying to avoid engaging with what God has, has put in front of us? And so uh, you might be thinking, but look at all the kids. I can't help them all. And one of the things we say all the time is that as a church family, we will do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. It's, we, we don't try to change everybody's life. We try to change that person's life. We don't, we don't try to change the whole world. We try to change our world, the world that God has given us to impact. And so... That's absolutely a huge deal. Another thing you need to know, just kind of practically speaking, is, is that uh, if you step into this, that, that, that there's like, you can pause things. If you're, if you're like, what if my life changes? That's okay. That's okay. You can pause sponsorship. There are things that we can do, and so you can step into this. We don't want you to pause if you can avoid that. But that is absolutely a possible uh, thing as well. And, and what you need to know, too, I want to just close with this. Some of you are here, and can we be real? When you walked in today, you saw these packets, and you were like, crap. Like, this is the week I chose to came to church. This is the, the child sponsorship. I just, let's be real. Because I know that some of you are a little desensitized to things like this. Like, you've seen the commercials on TV. You know, you try to flip the channel because they're depressing. And you've been desensitized because, because, honestly, I think some people have been guilted into this. And what you need to hear, hear, hear today is that if this isn't for you, don't do it. Like, if God's not speaking in your heart, don't do it. I don't want you to be guilted but, or, or manipulated in any way. But here's the deal. What's the difference between manipulation and inspiration? I think the answer is the difference is motivation. And, and as people, we don't want to be motivated by guilt. We want to be motivated by grace. 
And what I hope you heard in Gerald's story was a story of grace. And, and I hope what you started to, to feel was, was God's grace on your life. And as you, as you see people who have gone through hard things, you start to just feel gratitude. And I hope you felt that here today as we talked. And the last thing I want to tell you is this. I believe that this is how you show love to God. What we know is that God loves people who are the least of these. God is, God is always, and in fact, if you look at the life of Christ, he's always leaning towards those who are needy and impoverished, right? Like, I believe that sponsoring children is actually God's love language. Anybody, anybody read the love language book in the, in the room? Okay, a few of you married people, get on that. Get on that. You need to learn your spouse's love language. Like, I know my wife, Amanda, her love language is words of affirmation and flowers. So, the second one's not in the book, but it's a, it's a real deal. Um, so, men, buy your wife some flowers, like helping you out here. But you need to know what your wife's love language is or your husband's love language is because it doesn't matter how you feel love. It matters how they feel love. It doesn't, like you don't give them what you need. You give them what they need. And what we know is that the Bible's very clear. True religion is when you care for the widows and the orphans. That's what James says. Like it's, it's real faith. When you, when you actually lean in and care for people who are in need. And, and so for, I believe for God today, his love language is meeting the needs of the people that are in the world today. And so I want to give you three questions as we close. Three. If you are already being faithful to sponsor a child, some of you are here and you're like, yep, I've, I've, got, I've got ten, Brian. Okay, that's awesome. Here's the question. Could you release one more child from poverty in Jesus' name? Just consider this. Could you? Could you release one more child from poverty in Jesus' name today? If you're not sponsoring a child, here's the question. Are you willing to say, I live on enough so that one child has enough to live? Are you willing to limit your life? This is not something that's very American at all. Like limiting your spending is not American. We just had Black Friday, right? It is like let's spend and spend and spend some more. But would you be willing to say, hey, I'm going to live on enough. I'm going to limit my spending so that someone might have enough to live. Like, I was thinking about it this week, going, hey, where am I going to get another 43 bucks? And I realized, like, I spend that on chips at Costco every month. Like, anybody feeling the, the crunch on groceries? It's insane. But, but I can limit something that doesn't really hurt me in any way that can literally change somebody's life forever, for generations to come. And here's the third question. If you're here and you're, you're just shut down, you're, you're not even praying about it. You're like, no, I don't like any of this. Here's my question. How thankful are you for the grace of Jesus? Like, how thankful are you? If you're a believer, if you're a Christian in the room, are you 43 bucks a month grateful for, 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 for Jesus? Like, for the grace that's been poured out on your life? And, and I just, I want you to consider that today. I know some of you, man, you struggle with giving and you struggle, finan- maybe even struggle to trust the church because you think the church just wants your money. Here's the deal. This money goes away from ACF, okay? So if, if, if you don't trust our leadership or trust the church, like, this is a great step to begin to live a generous life. And to start to move in that direction. And so I'm so excited about the potential today. God's already moving in and through this. And I believe that we can do this and we can see God move in the lives of these children. Let's welcome Stuart and Gerald back up today. All right, so I get to do the fun part, the actual logistics, the how do you sponsor a kid. Uh, Before we get there, though, Uh, I am going to let you know, and you're one of the first to hear it, is ACF is going to Cusco, Peru in the fall of 2024. Yes. Yes. 
we have been waiting and uh, after COVID and uh, the, not only is compassion back getting back up to speed with trips uh, offering for churches, but also uh, the different countries are finally able to host uh, groups coming. And so you will have an opportunity if you already sponsor a kid in Cusco, you'll have an opportunity to go meet your kid uh, or kids. Uh, if you haven't, you could come up and sponsor a kid and then go meet them next year, which would be really awesome. Uh, we're going to have an informational meeting. You see up there, January 28, 2024. So January 28th, uh, we'll give you more information, but keep your eyes and ears open uh, for that, and we'll give you more details as we get a little bit closer to that. So if you're interested in that, just mark your calendars for that meeting. Uh, we'd love for you to attend. All right, so how do you do it? Uh, you're looking at some packets. If you're online, uh, you're, you're going to get a link. Uh, and there are really uh, three different ways that you can sponsor a child uh, this morning. The first is if I'm going to go to the online. If you're online, there's a link. You click that. It's going to take you to a compassion site for ACF. Those kids are in Cusco, Peru, uh, or the area right there. You can then look through there and sponsor one of those kids, and it's all going to be online and digital. Uh, the second way is if you are in the room today, you come up. I'm going to encourage you to come up the center aisles, the inside aisles, and move towards the outside. That'll just keep people from bottlenecking at the, uh, the, the racks here. Uh, you grab a packet. Uh, use two hands, please. Uh, if you use one, it's going to clip, and there's a lot of other packets attached to that. We might have some in the rafters uh, if you're not careful. So be careful grabbing your, your child. Don't linger in front of the child. Just trust that God, or in front of the racks, uh, to, to examine, like, every packet and spend 20 minutes looking. Just trust that God is going to move on your heart with the one that catches your eye. Uh, my kids went up this morning, and actually that Wednesday they saw uh, Sayumi, and they're, this morning came up and said it. Her birthday's in my birth month, so we have to sponsor her, so we did. Um, it's super easy, and here's how you do it. You take the, the uh, cards out of the plastic, and the first and easiest way is to scan the big QR code on the front, on the blue side. And that's going to, if you're already sponsoring kids, literally it's like two clicks away. You just add them to your account if you're already logged in uh, with Compassion. If you have the Compassion app, if you don't, you need to get the Compassion app. Uh, this is just an aside. You can literally take pictures and send them to your child any time of the day, anytime you want. You can write letters. You can text them. Uh, they translate them and, and read them to the child. The child gets to see those. Uh, they will post their letters in there as well. Uh, you can send gifts and all kinds of things. The Compassion app is awesome, and you can do that with all the kids that you sponsor. So you take that. You scan it. Uh, you can enter your information there. If you aren't currently sponsoring a kid or you don't have the app, uh, it's going to ask you to fill out your name and, you know, address and billing information, all that. And then what you want to do if you do that is you still need, this is really important, there's this part of the packet with the kid's face on it. That is yours. There's a card that's attached to the other side that looks like that. That cannot leave the building. Again, that cannot leave the building. That can what? You guys are paying attention. Um, that's a runaway kid. We don't want to have any lost children today. That's how Compassion tracks who it was sponsored this morning. The, all the other stuff is yours. In fact, this little card is also yours, but you can leave it on if you want. But this card, so if you do it online, you take this card and you put your first, last name, and a phone number, just in case there's an issue that we need to contact you about it, and you write QR really big somewhere on the card. And that just lets us know that you use the QR code you, you sponsor digitally online. Don't come up and scan the packet and then go back to your seat and leave the packet hanging because once you scan that and sponsor the kid, that packet is no longer available. 
so someone else is going to be frustrated. So take the packet back to your seat. When you're done with the service today, you can drop these uh, in baskets by the doors as you leave. The third way to sponsor is if you're old school, which is just fine, you just fill out all the information on the front and back of this card, and then you drop that into this card into the basket as well. So we need the cards collected at the end of service in the baskets, please. I'm trying to think if there's anything I forgot. Ah, you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> you're too kind, you're too kind. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's going to be it. So I'm going to uh, ask you if you would mind praying for ACF and our church family as we yeah. contemplate what God might be doing this morning. Yeah. Can you please stand up and I will ask you while I pray, if you can pray for all the children that we have here. So thank you, Lord, Heavenly Father, because today is going to be a great day. It has been a great day this morning. And we pray, Lord, that today we're going to have a big impact in the life of so many children, Lord. So thank you, because in Alaska, we got a church that 6,000 miles away is thinking in children in Peru. And just trying to do something, trying to do something for your kingdom, Lord. So thank you, thank you, thank you, because I know that starting today, many children are going to start receiving medical assistance, education, transportation, uniform. But the best of the best, your word. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So I pray, Lord, for this church. I pray for the pastor. I pray for Stuart. I pray for all the people that today, this morning, has made this possible. Just in order to continue impacting the world. Just in order to continue releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. So that's my prayer today, this morning. And I ask you, Lord, for your blessing. Over all of us, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Gerald.